This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. You're listening to the Ask Jennifer Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Jennifer Crawford, and you are listening to Ask Jennifer the Podcast, where we talk about everything small business, and we hear from small business experts, and today we are talking to David McClure. McCuller. McCuller. See, I told you I was going to do that. I'm sorry. David McCuller with Inception, and we're going to be talking a lot about um, a mental health clinic. That's what Inception is, a mental health clinic, correct? Mental health gym. Mental health gym. Yeah, I'm sorry. The word, the word clinic. clinic it's like, ooh, that place you're going to. I to know, get tested for I know, something. and I apologize <laughs> for that because as I was like looking over your information and everything, and I was, um, you know, like reading about it and doing like the research on it, and I was just like, oh, a gym, and that's something different because when you call something a clinic, you think more like the doctor, right? And when you say mental health clinic, a lot of people think that they're going to like a psych ward, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, a mental health gym. So uh, right before we get into talking to David, uh, I just want to do a few announcements. Uh, the Night Market at Beacon Park is every Saturday, 7 to midnight. We have 15 vendors weekly, uh, live entertainment. It is a great place for live entertainment, shopping, family fun every Saturday night. For more information, you can download our new mobile app, which is Meet Me at the Markets. It has all of the all of the events that are curated by me, Ask Jennifer, uh, in the city of Detroit, and then also a few things that I'm going to be doing in Chicago and also New York. So definitely download that app and tune in. So you know what? Those are all of the announcements, and we're going to talk to you, David, because I'm excited to talk about this. Because one thing that I talk about a lot uh, on my podcast is just different feelings and emotions. I feel like I'm a right. ball of emotion all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. And sometimes it's somewhat, like, embarrassing because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so emotional. Right. Uh, as a lot of, like, I've shared on here before is that I struggle with anxiety. Uh, and, you know, anxiety is about, like, the future. You're thinking about the things are, like, to come and right. really not the things that have happened in the past. And I I feel like since I've started my business, um, it has affected me more. Yes. But I want to talk to you and I want you to tell me a little bit more about Inception and like what's the how did you get started? What's your story? Tell us your story. Well, that that's very uh similar. Mm-hmm. Anxiety. So I was dealing with anxiety. I was living in in, in Florida, like you. Oh, okay. uh, I was living in South Florida Florida though. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I was just having uh, issues like gastrointestinal issues and um, That's like interesting. I started to just throw up. That's how bad it got, like panic attacks, full-blown panic attacks. So at that time, I'm going to the traditional doctor because I don't know anything about... When we throw know, up, I, the first thing we do yeah, is say, what's of, wrong? I have what a did virus. I eat? What did I eat? Need some Pepto-Bismol. And I went there and they gave me regular and prevasive, so basically gut-related stuff, but... When you start throwing up the medication, you oh. know something's uh, something is different is going on. And after that, I, you know, I was going through so much of that anxiety. And again, I still didn't even know it was anxiety. I was having like I thought I was having a 
mid quarter life crisis. <laughs> I was 25. So 25. quarter life crisis, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, mental breakdown, nervous system, nervous breakdown. So I, I'm using all these terms and really these are terms that aren't, there aren't real uh, clinical based terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no such thing as really a, as a nervous breakdown. It's just how we define a feeling, right? So are you from Florida or are you from Detroit? I'm from Michigan. Okay, you're yep. from Michigan. Eight okay. mile, east eight mile. Oh, I'm from Born. the east side too. Where at? This, yes, I am east side. Okay. Um, I tell people all the time, it's probably like you don't even know that area. They they know like West Village. I'm like I'm before you get to West Village. Yeah, I was on East Eight Mile by um Van Zyl and Farwell Field, oh. Persian area. No, exactly where that is. Yep. So um, so yeah, I was having those those symptoms, and I just I decided to move home, and I I, I was working at uh, the Art Institute in Fort Lauderdale at that time, mm-hmm. and before that, I was working for Kaplan University, which is all like sales jobs, sales related, and those jobs are very stressful. I'm sure. I kind of like quicken. <laughs> yeah. I know how many people I know had like they having heart attacks and things of that nature. Well, this is kind of like the similar thing. Any type of job that's sales oriented to have metrics. Yes. You can you can quantify like what you're doing and what you're not doing, and mm-hmm. if you don't hit these metrics, you're gonna get fired. Yes, and I have uh, several friends that actually work for Quicken, and when it's mandatory overtime, they're losing their mind. But they're just like they actually said that it's just a legalized like slave trade. Yeah, yeah. like it's they feel like this I used was. to always say that Kaplan was. I said, you know, I said, look at all these black folks on this this floor that we own. I said, this is just like new age uh, cotton. <laughs> Picking plantation, you know, and my friends, they're cracking up because they're all from Haiti and um, uh, Bahamas and Especially Jamaica. In, in and I'm Miami, like, why well, all yes. of us people of color on this floor and everybody above us is, is not? Listen, kind of like my last my last full time job, uh, I was called a drop of oil in a bucket of water. I do not mix uh, that I do not belong here and I should just quit. And I was thinking they wow. want me. They said that to they you? They said that to me. And so when wow. I went to like HR, like, OK, like not as like a crazy you know, angry black woman, but just kind of just like, did this really just happen to me? And I just said it in a way because I think when he said it to me, he wanted me to be a crazy, crazy black girl to just like yell and scream and roll my eyes. It's easy to get you out there. what I said to him was, is this is really different. No one has ever said this to me before. (laughs) Like, okay. All right. So it, it was definitely like some, and I was, when I tell you that I was miserable, I was miserable in this position. And I feel that, I was I had a business my business then it was the beginning stages but I feel like in that instance that uh, I was so miserable I feel like it made my anxiousness and everything worse because it's just like what do I do what do I see the future what if I get fired what if this what if so that? those are all good things to talk about too so again I, I worked at that job and I moved home because I was just having full blown panic attacks and I moved back and I was already an entrepreneurial mind I never wor- wanted to work for anyone else mm-hmm. so that's another stressor or causing anxiety because I know that. I'm providing a lot of value to this company and I'm not getting anything near what I should be getting paid. But mm-hmm. that's what happens when you work for other people. And that's exactly They control your destiny. And I didn't like the aspect of, hey, you, you got to go to lunch at this time. Hey, you only have this many vacation hours. I felt like I was a prisoner. And so living like that and not living my authentic self creates more anxiety and depression too because only thing that really kept me... Um, able to work those jobs at that time is because I was in South Florida and it's palm trees and I had a community base that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I left that community and I was more solo, it, it, it really became very strenuous. So I think in those positions, 
you know, you, it's, it's easier to work those type of jobs when you have a strong family base and you just go in and you really don't, you don't attach to those jobs. You just, hey, I'm just here for this moment. I'm going home to my family. I know. <clears throat> I, I And I'm not very close with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like my father, um, I, I love my dad. I feel like he was a great dad, but he also had a serious drug problem mm-hmm. uh, through growing up. I feel like he probably suffered from anxiety or depression, but I feel like in those days they self-medicated. They didn't really think about like, how do I get help? Because I feel like in the black community, even now, my father still says like, oh, you're fine or you're fine. But like I'm my my family situation is kind of strained and mm-hmm. my parents are more so like you need a job, work that job. You need the job. But for him and the different things, like it's certain things like we didn't talk about, like in our household, as far as like, I feel like if I say, oh, I'm crying or, or this type of a certain type right. of feeling, it shows a sign of like weakness. Like you're okay. Well, you have to understand we're conditioned to uh, work, grind um, through slavery. Mm-hmm. We're conditioned to not show uh, emotions. I mean, we were getting whipped. And this, and this, is, this, this is in but, our DNA. Right, but just think about it. You, We are evaluated by how hard we work. Because people yeah. say all the time, who girl, you doing it? You working so hard. You working so hard. But then when you say, I said to someone one day, I said, I'm tired. Like, I'm sleepy. And they were like, well, this is what you signed up for. And it was like, it was like it was not okay to be sleepy. You know well, what I mean? Well, again, like I said, it's it's it's, it's our culture. We, mm-hmm. we, we basically condone this within ourselves. Because even Steve Harvey comes on and he says... Hey, no, you know, if you want to be get to where you want to go, you can't sleep eight hours. And it's just like, dude, what are you talking about? Right. You know how many rich <laughs> white folks are sleeping really well at night? <laughs> right. I'm like, sure. right. So this whole idea of just hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you're not quantifying your hustle, you can be just in the mud with your wheels spinning and you're not moving. But it uh, seems like you're doing work. Mm-hmm. So don't don't perpetuate that type of mindset when you're not even aware of where your energy is really going to. If you look at Steve Harvey, like Steve Harvey, yeah, you got to hustle like that because your main craft you walked away from. Yeah, he's, he's not no even doing co- comedian. You're no, doing all this other stuff. So now you're trying to eat. You're trying to eat so much, but your stomach can only digest so much. So I'm going to do Family Feud. And then and the show is getting canceled. All so the, you put your focus on, mm-hmm. you know, what you're good at. And, and diversify, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> but but too, like so, I moved back home, and then I was I was looking for alternative ways to help with the anxiety that mm-hmm. I had, depression that I had, and I found a technology called um, brainwave optimization. And when I looked at te- that technology, it wasn't new to me because I was already using at that time was called binaural beats. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I've before. never heard of that before. So I, binaural beats is a, a frequency based technology. Now you can go on YouTube and you can like listen to bio, binaural beats to your heart's desire. 2004, 2005, I'm using it and I got CDs. Oh wow. Oh, I cool. ordered ordered CDs and you have to keep and I mean I'm spending hundreds of dollars on these CDs that do this brain type of uh technology. So when I looked at this new one, I was like, I told my dad because they knew he knew what I was going through. My mom is a licensed social worker too. So, mm-hmm. but again, I didn't want to do talk therapy or medication. I just felt like that wasn't going to be beneficial to me um, because again, I knew about the brain and neuroplasticity, and the brain can change itself. I knew about placebo and the ability to heal yourself through the power of belief. I mean, that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but every in every like all pharmacology, one third of all medication and surgeries is placebo driven. So, did you uh, like go to school and do like, nope. or did you just do your research? I, I just 
I just was, I'm a, I, my background was information technology and, and that, and that, that field of computers and computer information, mm-hmm. we were used to troubleshooting. Like I'm a, I'm a fix this computer. And I'm gonna go through the whole list till I find the one. Like, oh, that was the problem. Well, it's the same thing I did, but I use all alternative methods. Mm-hmm. And, and during my journey of alternative methods, I met some very interesting people along the way. Um, and learn some very interesting things. And one of the biggest interesting things that I found was the foundation, really, of the philosophy of everything that we do at Inception, which is the um, psychological injury theory and also the trauma-based theory. The trauma-based theory. And I wanted to ask, so just kind of break it down. So you come at like a basic consultation, like someone comes to the It's not even like that. Okay, tell me how tell tell me how it works. It, it, it can work in multiple facets. Okay, uh, multiple facets where a person can come in, they can see a service and say, you know what, I want to do that service. They can come in and do that service. They don't have to talk to anybody. I'm gonna do that service. But then, and those are people who just like, hey, I'm just I'm exploring, trying to see what you know can help me. How many and, different services do you have? Um, five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what you'll find is that people will come in. Who they are, they're having some very serious issues. And that's how I was. I was at my wits end. Like I've tried everything that I knew of at that time and I needed help. And I did I flew to Arizona at that time and 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 it took twelve sessions in four days of, of the, the brainwave optimization training. Mm-hmm. Within the first day my anxiety had dropped by like fifty percent. Really? Yeah. So when we talk about so and that's when that was when I started getting my education with uh, trauma and understanding because we were able to look at brain patterns on a screen and see brain frequencies and see how a person was stuck in a specific brain state that was based on a trauma that happened 10, 20, 15, you know, years ago. Oh my God, I just wonder. The I brain, just... the brain was still stuck. So when you talk to me about anxiety and and kind of managing, I'm hearing it in a totally different way. Because what's happening is really what you're stuck and you're just trying to, you're trying to basically pour that glass out. Like if you got a cup and we got a bottle of water, give me, give me one of those cups. I just, so I can just show you and please water too. Yeah. Oh, I guess I should offer you that. All right. Can you hand me one of those, the cups? Yep. So this is just a cool little demonstration. So this is what happens when you, when you basically... You have trauma, right? Think about, let's think about what trauma is. It's anything that's overwhelming to your nervous system. Mm-hmm. But trauma is not just, just, it's just a word, but it's an event that happened that triggered your nervous system to go into a state of protection. So something happens several, to you. Yeah, it can be several things. And it could be many things. Mm-hmm. And it can be something like you could fall off a bike and feel traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. Because your nervous system moves too fast, too soon. Let's have you riding really fast and just, you just fail. Like it wasn't one of those slow falls. Like it was instant. Well, that's traumatic, like a bike accident, right? So at that point in time, your brain is going to go into a state of protection to, for you to have, you know, for you to survive the event, mm-hmm. right? So you go and you ride in your bike and your nervous system, basically, this is your nervous system right now, and you have that, that bike accident and it, it fills up. Your cup fills up, right? That's your cup now. So of your nervous system. The, 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 the basically the activation that I want to to protect you. So typically you're going to go into freeze response when you fall off a bike, right? Then there's the other side of it is fight or flight. When you can fight or run from the situation. That's just called a fight or flight. Okay. That you're in fight or flight. So this is your nervous system now. 
So after the event is over, does your nervous system go back down? Does that energy that's used to fight or flee the event go back down? No. It doesn't. It doesn't for us. It should. Animals, it does. And it does for us, but we've been, our uh, release response has been inhibited. Like if you started shaking after an event, what would people tell you? Oh, it's okay, Jennifer, calm down. No, you need to shake because that shake would pour out, pour out the energy. But for me, if I'm sitting on my couch and I'm thinking about things that I have to do or like what's going on, because before every All Things Detroit, I've been doing this event five years, mm-hmm. before every event, I can do news, I could do whatever. I still have it in my head. What if nobody shows up? And I'm sitting on my couch or in my space and I'm doing this. And so that that, that that foot motion is your body trying to regulate and trying to dissipate the energy. Because I used to chew on pin tops. I used to chew on pin tops. I used to chew on my shirt. I used to chew ice cubes. I shake my foot. I feel like a certain number that's of times a, that, a day. That's an anxiety. That's, that's, that's the body trying to Get the energy out. It's trying to dissipate the energy because energy can never be destroyed. It only can be transformed. Mm-hmm. That's why stuff that's not biodegradable, how long does it take for this thing to break down, de- decompose, and become something else? 200-something years for a paper, a plastic bag, you know? Right, right. It's like, so that energy that's in your body that you were used, some, say if someone was coming upon you and you're about to fight that person, your adrenaline, your cortisol, your pupils going to dilate, all to fight this person. But after that person left and you got them off off you, but you try to go to sleep that night, but you couldn't go to sleep because the adrenaline and cortisol is still running idle in the background. I probably average about four hours of sleep a night. Yeah, you're stuck in fight or flight. So again, so here's your here's your energy level. Okay, leave this, so, this diagnosis. So so and that's not a diagnosis. <laughs> no, 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 that's I'm, a I'm, that's a brain pattern. No, I'm so sure. now you have that was after that one event. Mm-hmm. So I say that it went down a little bit. And here's something went, else. It went down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but you're still not you're still not back to base. Right. So now you have a breakup with your boyfriend. And it was a bad breakup. It was an abandonment. Now you're there. Mm-hmm. Right? So how much room do you have to take on? Now you're gonna take on a business. And now your business, right, starts to happen. Things start to happen. Um triggers. So what happens? Your cup runneth over. Your cup runneth over. And when your cup runneth over, that's when those symptoms start to come up. Panic attacks, insomnia, depression, you know, gastrointestinal issues, memory issues, focus and concentration issues. Like literally when you are in a trauma state, when your brain is, is shut down into survival mode, your neocortex is shut down and you... and is basically over 30% reduced. So kids who have ADHD when they're in class, they live in, 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 in environments that's like almost like war-torn environments where they're hearing gunshots and it's all types of madness. When they go to school and their cup is like this and their brain is shut down, you think they can re- re- recite? No, not at that all. What's in that book or do these math problems? Because that's all, that's all your neocortex and logical processing and decision making that's shut down so when we look at what stress and trauma is it's nothing but a survival mechanism that's based on safety this is so deep i'm learning so much today like i'm so in tune with this i'm so glad that you are here because 
I literally have these conversations every single day. And yeah. it, but the, I'm having the conversation, but I don't know the answer. I can go I can Google, right. I can, you because know, because the answers today are wrapped up in symptomology, DSM four, that's how they diagnose you. So let's talk about chemical imbalance. There is no peer reviewed journals or studies that can that talks to about what a chemical imbalance is. They can't observe it. There's no such thing as it. And I feel like the first thing I say sometimes too is like, maybe I just have a chemical imbalance. I don't know what's going and on. How with did me? you, you know? get this in chemical imbalance? Is the question. Just listening and to somebody too, else and what they're when saying. you go to when you go to the therapist or the psychologist, psychiatrist, and they diagnose you, they they sit down and ask you a battery of questions. So if they're going to give you medication based on a chemical imbalance, right? When did they look at your brain? They did not. They did not. But if you broke your arm. Or if you felt like you broke your they're arm, they're going to x-ray that. They're going to x-ray it. But why is it they don't do that when it comes to your mental emotional state? So they're giving you chemical altering drugs for a chemical imbalance that they don't see. And one thing for me is that I don't feel comfortable with taking medication for anything. Like if I have a cold, it's different. But just to take it, to take something like every single day to, that is supposed to make me be, what is it? It's supposed to make me regular. It's supposed to make me get sleep. I'm uncomfortable. I know some people do and I'm not knocking them for doing it. I just don't do it. And see, when I had that conversation on Facebook, people were jumping all over me when I was talking about chemical imbalance or uh, unresolved trauma. Oh, no. What are you talking about? People do have chemical imbalance. I'm like, listen, See, your story is so wrapped up in your condition because you've now, my ADHD, my depression, like this is, why are you taking like this ownership, ownership, like this is some, like, (laughs) you know, these are just words. Because I I hear myself when I say my anxiety is bothering me. Yeah. Well, it's not. So my anxiety, how you doing? You, would you like to say something to Jennifer today? <laughs> Tell us my anxiety. Like, why do you keep doing this? Like, it's not a person. Mm-hmm. All it is is a lack of safety within your body. It's a chemical. It's a, it's a, actually, it's electrical impulses that's in your body. Your body is not, if you, they cut you open, they won't find any of these words. Where's that, where'd that anxiety go? Like, where is it at? It's, it's brain electrical impulses. Why is it that a, a roller coaster is an amazing ride for some people and for some people is the worst thing ever? Guess what? The same response that's happening, your brain is still going into a fight or flight response. It's just that adrenaline rush, adrenals, adrenaline, cortisol is activated. You jump out of plane, but it's like, whoo, what a rush. But it's, it's, it feels amazing to that one person, the other person. They're traumatized. No go from me. I, I definitely wouldn't be a go from me. <laughs> so, so the, the the psychological injury versus chemical imbalance. This is a this is a real thing. I mean, again, there's no there's no peer reviewed study that can show you that. And but that's how they that's how they make money. We're wrapped up into going after symptoms, not going after root causes. So even with addiction, oh, I, my addiction is like no. Why the pain? Not why the addiction. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, it's, these people aren't morally flawed. They're not bad people. Mm-hmm. They're in pain. In pain. like, And I, they're trying to get out. And the drug is the way out. It's, it's and, and I'm going to share this story. And I'm some, somewhat, I'm comfortable sharing this story. I don't know if my father would be great with me sharing it. But um, my father had a relapse uh, as I was, when I was older. Like my father, uh, like I said, he was addicted to uh 
heroin. Mm -hmm. And so one day he said to me years ago, uh, as when I was an adult, when I thought that his addiction was not as bad, I lived in Florida and I had surgery. And so my mother came to Florida um, to take care of me. And so we felt something was wrong with my father. So we drove home and he said to me that he likes to snort it because it numbs him. And that broke my heart and it just made me cry. But He's fighting something. He's he's trying to block out a feeling of something that happened. Like I said, I feel like in, back in the day, they self-medicated, and it just went on for years and, and years. And I know you're saying back in the day, but that's Well, even that's now, right but now, right? even now, worse. but I'm just saying that <laughs> it's right. But I'm just saying like, when I say that, I'm just saying like now older, like when you talk to a lot of like older parents, they ADHD, huh? Or anxiety, huh? Like they, it's like. It's more common now than it was then yeah. before. So when I say back in the yeah. day, that's what I mean um, right. when I say that. But um, it was like an it was like a wow to me. Like you know, I my heart was hurting because this is my father and I love him and I want him to be okay. And you know, to a girl, her father, you know, we regardless right. of whatever, we put our fathers on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, he's in pain. Like he he is in some form of pain, and it is yeah. something. It's, that a, it's, a, it's an emotional pain, mm-hmm. and if you start to. And the whole relapse thing, when you feel good and you feel good at your highest, and somebody, I don't care what drug it was they put in front of you, you're like, why, why, what I'm doing with that? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want none of that? No, why? I feel good. So when you're trying to move from pain to pleasure, that's all we're trying to do. And we all try to do it through capitalism. If I can buy this, if I can snort this, yes. if I can sex this, if I can pull this lever, gambling, these are all ways to try to, again, get us out of pain into pleasure. So when you can, so Inception and how we, how we created that, we, we use the tools that allow the brain and the body to normalize and come to a baseline level of life of like, you know, wow, so, I feel really good. Right. So how did you come to opening this space? How did you come to? I opened my first business, which was called Neuro Fitness Center. Me and my dad opened that in 2007. Once we came back from Arizona and we used the the first technology called brainwave optimization, I told you my anxiety had dropped by 50%. I saw, I saw, and we were the only black people out there, of course. Because, because the black community does not, they don't. You got to remember, this is 2007. But even now. Nobody was talking about what I'm talking about then and then, I'm like. Now, like Dr. Sabi, I was talking about Dr. Sabi then. People didn't know who Dr. Sabi was. But you know, but you know, I just feel like to me, like like I like I said before, um, Big Sean had depression and anxiety. Yeah. And the first thing my sister said was, "Oh my God, Big Sean has depression and anxiety." But when I mentioned my anxiety, it was, "Why do you do this to yourself? You're doing this to yourself. And, and, You're yeah. worrying too much." But here comes someone who says that and then now it's like a trend. People jump on like, "Oh, you know, they that might be that anxiety." Because I feel like some of the people who say they have anxiety, some they I just feel like people jump on a, a trend. This is this is if you look at my Instagram, you see I talk a lot about this, right? But I'm making people realize that you're, you're not flawed. This is your brain. This was your brain instinctually doing it on your behalf, Jennifer. Your anxiety is your brain trying to protect you. It's outside of your conscious participation. You're okay. You didn't fail at anything. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is your brain and body designed to protect you that way. The brain has just said, man, Jennifer... We ain't letting nothing happen to you. So you're going to always be anxious and say, when the next threat? When the next threat? Because the brain is just looking out for you. 
but we need to let the brain know that, hey, brain, hey, Jennifer's brain, because it's almost like they're two different entities. You as Jennifer, your conscious part of you, which is 5% of you, mm-hmm. and you're 95% of you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah, I... your, your other part, part of you is Jennifer with an I-F-E-R, right? <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your part of you is with a, with a Y, right? Yes. So you see you have these two different almost like alter egos, and it's like it's about survival. We're all like the walking dead. We're these zombies, and they, they basically keep pumping fear and fear and fear and fear because they know, and who is they? I don't know. But <laughs> but if you wanted me, if I, if I needed to rule the world, I could. Flood you with fear and then flood you with uh, coping mechanisms as nothing but Band-Aids. To, to for ba- entertainment, to, ba- to band-aids to cover up to cover not, up everything to cover right. up everything. That's not that's not the cure. I'm not giving you the cure. I'm just giving you you know a little bit of piece of something that's going to help hold you over to next Friday when you're off work again. Because uh, I had someone else on the show, and they were saying that a certain level of anxiety is healthy. Your brain is healthy to protect you. It's, that's a healthy pattern to protect you. You want the fight or flight mechanism. Right? You ever mm-hmm. heard of a, a woman lifting a car up to, off her son that fell on him? Because, well, yeah, because that's survival. Mm-hmm. If something came in here, like we, we, we don't have time to rationally think, well, what should I do? I need to make a, an executive decision right now to jump on this person before they shoot us or something, you know? Right, right. So I don't have time to be sitting here, okay, so should I move over here? <laughs> it's like, that's instinctual. So that is healthy. What's not healthy is when. You stuck. Stuck, yeah. People are stuck. Their whole system is stuck on idle of defense mechanism. So it's just running and using all your resources. So yeah, you can't focus and concentrate. You you got your leg your leg jumping up all and down because all that energy is there. All the time. Just even within watching. Like I could be sitting still, like, you know, I'm just gonna relax right now and just like watch a little TV. And then my brain goes to like there's this to do, this to do, this to do, and then I'm like, Oh man, I should probably do this. Oh man, you know, like it, it just goes that way. But before I had my business, I wouldn't say that it I had this issue as much. But well, that's when- because that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for you. The more you add on unresolved, more trauma on top of unresolved trauma within your body, you only got so many runs and jumps and skips in you, as we say in, in, in athletics. So so when I lived in Florida, um, I had a cousin who passed away. This was 10, year, 10, 10 years ago this year. Had a cousin who passed away, my first cousin, one of my first cousins that I was very, very close to. And he passed away suddenly. and He did not make it to the age of 40. Mm-hmm. A year from the day that he passed away. I had another cousin who passed away, first cousin. The two, the cousins who I were the closest to, they passed away. And they did not make it to the age of 40, and they passed away a year to the day from each other. That was a horrible, horrible... I Every day I would cry. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to cry right now. Every day I would cry. Um, and I think about them, like, all the time because I was so close to them. Yeah. Every day I would cry. I would try to figure it out. I went to, like, therapy. You know, I would try to talk to, like, family members about it. And I missed them. And I mm-hmm. loved them because they were, like, so important to my life. Mm-hmm. So this year, I, I'm not a person who celebrates, like, birthdays and, and, and all that type of stuff because I'm just like, whatever. But this year, I made it to 39, and they did not. Right. So I wanted to celebrate life because I like I, I said it's a big deal because mm-hmm. they did not make it, but I still feel 
that same, some days I wake up and I still feel the same way that I felt the day that I learned that they passed away. Because that day that you learned that they passed away, you went into freeze response. Freeze response is when you have a sense of helplessness and you can do nothing about the event. So that really begins to numb you out. So part of you has in your nervous system is stuck in fight or flight and there's another part of you that's stuck in freeze. Because fight or flight, you can't run from fight or flight in a situation where there's abandonment. Those deaths are abandonments and they're, they're shock to yeah. that it happened like that. So the issues are in the tissues of the body. So you can go and talk to a therapist and they're mm-hmm. going to deal with the psychological part of you. To, but they can't get to the to the next core, which is the neurophysiological part of you that's controlling everything. And that, again, that's where that's where all the that's where the trauma is is locked in your body. Like yeah, yeah, you can unravel the story after the fact, but the body went into a certain reaction, mm-hmm. and now you're stuck in that. Right? I feel like there was a chain, like a, there's a chain of events that happened over the course of ten years. Yes, I started my business. My business okay. became, you know, successful. I was engaged to be married, and then we broke up. So then, from that, I've been yeah. single eight years. Remember, remember that so, cup I'm showing you. You know, you just, so there's a lot of. I didn't never. I didn't want to ruin my man's table because I could have <laughs> kept pouring a cup over. Because every time you spill over, you spill over, and to the point now you go to the doctor and you have some type of autoimmune issue. Or some type of, uh, or cancer, because when the emotions are locked in the body, it starts to have a a, a major effect on you physiologically. I think your physical health. Yes, when I worked my last full time position, I felt like I was sick every month. Some type of cold, yep. some type of some. Because every you, you know what happens month. when you go into a stress response, trauma response is your immune system is shut down because your gut shuts down, and your immune system is mainly in your gut. Eighty percent of your immune stuff. system is in your gut. So again, like inception is inception is not just about the gym and going to the gym. Mm-hmm. It's about the conversation that I'm having with people of allowing them to understand when they're going to fight or flight response or the freeze response to identify that and know, hey, I'm in fight or flight right now. Like, okay, what what do I do about it? That awareness is power itself. So not only are we going to normalize the conversation surrounding. What's happening to you in real time when you're up against a stressful or traumatic event? What to do with it afterwards, too, to normalize the tools and what to do? Because for me, I feel like when I'm in that zone of like, oh, my God, like this is going on, this is going on. My my thing is like, OK, push through, Jennifer, the push through It's the fight. You got to push through. You do this. You've you know, you've done this. You've done that. You just got to keep going and pushing through and, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is a speech that we, you know, I give yeah. myself. I don't know what other people do, but um. Yeah, this is... And I, I had to, like, the push through for me is is to not push through, but to let go. I think there's a lot of things definitely I have not let go. When Nipsey died, how were you? So, honestly, I was fine because I I wasn't really, like, a you, big, you, big you, Nipsey How old are you? I'm 39. We're the same age. So, so if it was Tupac back when and, and that happened, it would have been affected. Because I, I mean, when Nipsey died, I was like, well, I didn't read, I, I didn't listen to a Nipsey song to probably like a month ago. To be honest with you, I, I, when people were, I knew that he was Lauren London's boyfriend. Like right. you know, and right, and, I think I knew that. The, right, and the reason why I asked that is because that, um, and I, I talked about this on my Instagram too, how that we have a lot of unresolved grief from people passed away. So when Nipsey died. Like, it was overblown for people. Like, oh, Nipsey. And it was like, no, that's not. 
That's not all for Nipsey. That's for your uncle. Mm-hmm. That's for your cousin. And all these people you didn't grieve. Nipsey was just a trigger. Nipsey was, you spit, you up here in this cup. And Nipsey was the last person, man. To feel like, it, oh my it, God, it, another it one. It spilled over to you. So, Because I had a, a mother come to me and she said, we were talking about it. She said, oh my God, my son is just, he's just been crying and he's just been really out of sorts. I said, really? I said, was his father in his life? She said, no. I already knew. I said, that's not, he's not grieving Nipsey like that. He's grieving his dad. Yeah. You know, that's just a, that's just a trigger because we have these triggers. triggers. Like you, like if a song came on that reminded you of your cousin, oh. now you're crying. Why? Because that's a trigger to the brain. The brain is going to remember and it's going to take in all the information. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're, in a kid, you're a kid and you're at home and your mom and dad are yelling at each other and the TV is on. And maybe Star Trek is playing. I'm talking about our age because that's when they, you hear Star Trek and you hear the Star Trek song. And then while they're arguing, a plate fell, right? And then the doorbell rang. Your brain takes in all that stimulus. So that as you get older, what if a plate falls? And it puts you right back in that state. What if the doorbell rings? It puts you right back in that state. Mm-hmm. Or that Star Trek music puts you right back in that state because the brain... It locked everything to say doorbell means threat because it's associating those triggers, those stimuluses, even smells to your mom and dad arguing. In I, can, a I, can, state. I can agree like with certain smells, certain smells. I'm like, this reminds me of like this or this reminds of a time of this or I think about it like that. <laughs> Listen, I was uh, we had to put our, our dog down. I'm a big dog person. We had to put our dog down like last year sometime. And um my dad was like, my dad's like, I'm not getting no more dogs, whatever. Because he's like, that was his dog. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not getting no more dogs. And I remember I was, I was going to look for something in one of our, our pantries. And I went down and I saw his dog food. And I stood up immediately. And I just like had tears in my eyes. Yeah. Like that fast, that stimulus. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. I literally was shook. I was shook up from just seeing that. Because I was like, I was like, wow. And I already knew what was happening for mm-hmm. me. And so I just allowed it to happen. And I sat there and I was like, wow, this is a trigger for me to be able to release this grief of the dog dying, you know. But because I'm very, I've been doing so much, so many tools, use so many alternative me- methodologies the last 13 years that, and like I tell people, I'm sensitive. But let me explain sensitive, not sensitive like how we make sensitive in a weak way. Yes. But sensitive as... I'm very acutely aware mm-hmm. of my emotions and my body. So same way when, when guys who are very into cars and they like, man, they rev their car like, hey, I could hear something, something not right in this car, right? <laughs> right. Like with that in tune. Mm-hmm. So when you're that in tune, like, like I can take one drink of alcohol, I'm like, like that, that, that did this mm-hmm. or, or perfume, like it hits me, like, cause my system is kind of very clean at this point. So very sensitive and emotionally, I know what's going on, man. Like when it when it hits me, and I'm 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 able to like really pull back and just be the the observer of those emotions. And I I know we all can get to that place. It's just that we're stuck in this this concrete of emotional incarceration and imprisonment. We we're emotionally constipated, so that when stuff happens, a lot of times people they don't feel. 
I can relate. <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. So you have these. So you guys offer five services at the mm-hmm. at the at the gym. Yeah. Uh, and is it by appointment only? Tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah, it is a by appointment. Um, you can get on the schedule. Um. And again, you can call in and choose. The website has the descriptors about what everything is. But um, when people come in, they can ask our one of our what we call our enhancement technicians. Hey, I, I got this going on. What do you think I should do? And I was going to say because like just re- looking through the website and then just like going in, even if I wanted to, you know, book one of the services, I feel like I would feel more comfortable sitting down to talk someone with first before I actually like went through. It's not like, to me, it's not like, oh, I'm, even when you go get your nails done, you're talking about like what color you want yeah. or what do you, whatever. What do you, you, want, what do you to, want? What do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And I already can tell you what you want to accomplish. You can tell me what I want to accomplish. I can tell you, you what you, can, you want to accomplish. You, wanna, you want to sleep. Yeah. You want to have deep states of sleep. You want to have at least eight hours of sleep. And you want to dream when you sleep. Do I want to dream when I sleep? I you think do. So. I, I want a restful sleep. And that's what's going to happen when you dream. A so the question sleep. is, do you dream? Uh, I do dream. You, do you I, remember I, your dreams. I remember some of my dreams. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I have these uh, these visions of uh, what I think um, my life is going to be. Um, because like in anything that I do, I give my everything to it. Like I, I go in. Like if I create a new platform, I say, "Oh, you look! Everybody in the world is going to love this." So I I dream. I daydream, but I also dream at night. Some of them I remember, some of them I don't. Uh, but to me, sleep is important. Sleep yeah. is very important. Uh, I take boxing a couple of times a week. Uh, in my whole life, I, in, in this process of starting this business and having all these different emotions and everything, I've been able to do everything that I've set my mind to. The only thing in this life I have not been able to do is reach my goal weight at all. And so, and, you want to talk about that? Yeah, and so... Um, <laughs> Now my challenge to myself is making my health just as important you, as as my um, as my business. Do like, you find that you eat to comfort to soothe yourself? No, you don't. No. So let me ask you in terms of what has been the biggest roadblock that you find? Consistency. Consistency. Because uh, you I feel can, tired all the time. That that wears you out. So you don't have the energy to put more energy into to working it. out because my thing is this so i could not it's not healthy but if i'm busy a lot of times so it's that eating at the end of the day you know what i mean and then we yeah. eat at the end of the day it's like okay what's in here if nothing's in here let me let me just grab some chicken or like you know something yeah. like that or um but every day like i'm tired like i'm, I'm tired yeah. i'm sleeping because i go to boxing like i went to boxing this morning i got there at six o'clock this morning and i work out for an hour and today just wasn't my day but some days i can go in and i could bust out 300 jump rows hit the bag when i'm hitting right. the bag i feel great though i have to say that so again the, the regulating your nervous system to be able to get to the point where you have restful night's sleep and to get you into the place where you're more present and when you're more present the anxiety doesn't exist you can't be present and have anxiety at the same time because anxiety is about what? Future. The future. Right? The future don't exist in the present moment. So when you're grounded into the present moment, you can't be in both places at the same time. So then the anxiety is only fear. So when we can get your brain out of the fear response, it's going to take care of a lot of... A lot of different things. A lot of energy that you use to maintain... 
Like you, you probably use a lot of willpower to do what you need to do. And you're using, you're using a lot of that anxious energy to create, which is great. Some people don't, they can't. I, 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 cause, uh, so I go to a counselor, like I go to speak to someone and I go like once a week Okay, and she doesn't recommend medication or anything. We just basically sit and we talk and we talk about, you know, business like Jennifer, what's going on with you? And so within mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I am so thankful and feel so blessed about the accomplishments and the things that I've done, but I just feel like it's great, but my work is not done. I have so many things to do. So mm-hmm. she says, Jennifer, you run through everything. You run through everything. Oh, I'm doing this, 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 this. And she says, you don't smile. You don't say yay. You don't say anything. You just emotionless. And it's just like on to the next thing. Like, oh yeah, I want to work, but then I got to do this and this, this, this. And she's like, just stop. Do you, do you, and I'm going to say, yeah. So do you feel that by doing all these things that you're going to reach some place of, ah, now I feel better. You know, I do. You know, because you'll, okay. you'll keep chasing. And that and is the exact thing she says. She says, because you're going to keep coming out with something new, then it's going to be like, what's next? What's next? What's next? You, you got to come to inception. The first <laughs> time, the first time that I did, I was doing brain training. I remember I did 12 sessions and I remember I was just sitting at home and the desire. Because I'm, I'm like you in that regard. I'm mm-hmm. very creative and yes. want to create things. I, I, ever, I feel like once a week I, I have this book that, and I just write down. I have so many ideas, so many things. Like, yeah. I could do this. Yep. I could bust this out. I could do this. This would be great. This will work for this so business. So I noticed that once I did those 12 sessions, this desire that I had to have this new car. Like, I need a new car. Like, I want a new car. I looked for it in my body, in my mind. And the desire was gone. I was like, where'd it go? It's because the anxiety was driving it all. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, I don't want that. So a lot of the things that we think we want, mm-hmm. we really don't want it. We just want the end goal that we think is going to bring us some type of feeling. And I've heard that before. So, yeah. so instead of chasing after the end goal or the, the thing that you think is going to get you that place, remove that, that middleman to your emotions. And find that within yourself now and be present. You ever play like in your mind, like when you won the lottery? I asked this to somebody the other day. He was like, I've never done that before. I'm like, really? So, okay. Okay. Since you said this, I have something to say. So, I'm going to share this a little bit. I took $100 out of my account one day, right? Recently. And the receipt said that I had $965,000. And I said, this must be somebody else's receipt because I know this is not mine. So I look and all the numbers are right and everything. I said, well, this is my receipt. So my heart started beating fast. I'm like, oh, (laughs) somebody made a mistake. What's going on? So I look at my account and the money is not in there. Uh So I say, oh, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up a Bible, my favorite Bible verse. I'm going to, you know, put it in my Bible, whatever. I go about my business. I don't think about it again. A month, not even a month, maybe three weeks go by. I go to the ATM machine again. I get another receipt. It says I have $930,000. So I'm like, yeah, don't have this money. But in my head, I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is just showing me what's to come. But I have sat and thought about like, oh, if I won the lottery. And, and, uh, and, in, and in those moments of thinking of that, it made you feel good, didn't it? It made me feel good. Uh, it would have made me feel even better if it was like really my money. But, right, right. But here's the thing. But I also don't feel like... Just having money right, would no, make me feel better. Yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> but the point is that your brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's fake. 
So when you don't have those moments when you feel like you had $930,000 and you feel it in your body and you feel really good, what's the difference between that and having the money? Because you didn't have the money. No, I didn't So what was the difference? The difference was in the power of your belief to change how you felt in that moment in time. Mm -hmm. You didn't need the thing. So that's what I tell people, like, it's not the external stuff. Yeah. When you can change it on the inside. You just need to get to the point where you can master to change that on the inside. Then you like, and then the things you get are just really this extensions of this peace and this mm-hmm. presence you have, not the other flip side around of these things are feeding me peace and presence. Right. Because it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's why you need more of it. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's why we're caught up in this, who wants to be a millionaire? We've been conditioned about what that means. Mm-hmm. That means certainty. Because that's all it means is to have money is a state of certainty. But when you're a business owner, owner what do we live in? We live in a state of uncertainty. Yes, But that's do. our natural birthright. And that's where the real power is to be able to know that right here in this present moment, I'm not worried about if a bill is paid that's due on Friday because what's today? Monday, I'm good. Like I mean, today Tuesday, right? So oh, you only you a business? No, owner. today Monday. Today Monday? Yeah. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> I forget days, but but but, but no, because what you know what someone told me, um, and then I have to wrap it up real quick. But someone told me like when I was out here and I stepped out on faith and I'm just doing this thing and she was I was like I'm just having a hard day and she said you know what I read something today and it was for you to be an entrepreneur you definitely have to learn how to manage your fear. And I, 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 I manage my fear by like talking to myself, doing these practices, doing certain things, going to boxing because I feel like I, because I, I want to feel better. But when I'm, when I'm, because I was a little emotional at the gym today, which was a little weird. I was just feeling, I don't know if I was feeling defeated or what, because when I get in there, I'm working. But today it was just kind of for me like, uh, like I would love to hit that couch. And let the little breeze blow on me and just watch like, you know, a different world or something. Like I'm good with that, but there's so many things to do. Uh, but I don't know. I I sometimes I, you need to follow that. You know, but I sometimes I feel like I don't want to follow it too much because then I feel lazy. And see, but that's the thing, that's another conditioning. The question I, is, are you getting done what you need to have done? And if in this moment in time, it, it, do I need to take care of it right now? Is the sky gonna fall? If I don't take care of it. And if the answer is no, then sit there and watch a different world while everybody else at work. You know how many times I go to the movies during the week? I'm like, I wish I had me a a, a business movie buddy who was like, dude, you had, these other people at work. I'm out here trying to live oh, my life. Oh, well, when you want to go, just let me know. Because sometimes I'm just like, you know, doing... Yeah, I'm just Because like, sometimes for me, I'm just like, man, everybody's at work. I want to go and like, that's the, grab a that's coffee the or business owners. That's That's our... That's what we should be reveling in because we don't work nine to five. We work all the time. All the time. So if you're working all the time, why aren't you giving yourself that that hour to sit there or two hours or three hours? Because you know when you're done, you're just going to go right back to... Right back to it. I wake up writing quotes and memes and, Listen, and editing in my bed. and My laptop sleeps with me, okay? I hate to... Everybody's like, right. get it out of it. But so, it, it, I turn over and it's just like... Hitting the computer. So you gotta, you just gotta give your permission, yourself permission to just be at peace and be present. No, this is this is so good. This is so good. I'm so glad that you came. I heard about Inception before, and like I said, I have some people I know that actually, um, 
actually came mm-hmm. and uh, and actually went and experienced it. And I've been thinking about it, but I think the idea of like the brain, I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do to my brain? I was thinking that, you know yeah, what I mean? A, lot, then, a lot of people think that until they right. actually do it. Then they're like, well, oh, this is, this is easy. Yeah. So I know. So what's next for you? Uh, I know that you're trying to, uh, I've been looking at your Instagram posts. So I know that you are trying to open another gym. Yeah. We're looking to open downtown. I always tell people I'm not trying to do anything. I'm doing. Hey, exactly. <laughs> I'm like Yoda. There's no try. There's only do. Yes, do. I... So we open. We're gonna open a downtown location. We are actually uh, we're doing licensing and franchising, and we just sold our first licensing. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna reveal where that first license location will be. Um, we're doing our educational platform. Uh, we're doing our uh, merchandising and uh, supplementation. Um, we got a lot going on. So again, we're gonna normalize the conversation. We're gonna make it we're gonna make this thing look make amazing. It. Like why? Where where in downtown Detroit are you? I don't know yet. <clears throat> we're open to infinite possibilities. So I live downtown Detroit, so that's why I actually submitted we submitted our thing to Motor City Match for a location. I actually was awarded a location, but I haven't it's kinda of hard to find some. We'll have a conversation about that yeah. off the offline, but it is it's kind of hard to to find a location. Um but like I said, we'll we'll chat about that. So where can we? Thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Tell everybody where we can we can find you, all your information. Well, you can find us on the the web. Uh, and what Inception is that? Inception ep dot So inception and you can also follow me on Instagram at, at enhanced potential. And so both of my enhanced potential page has all of my information on website and our other uh our business page for inception as well all right well this is so great thank you so much for being here yeah thank you for having me i have to come back and we'll dive yes. deeper it's it's so much more because um yes we we, we do because i i have some i'll talk to you about it when we get when we get finished thank you so much everybody for listening this is jennifer crawford and you are listening to ask jennifer the podcast you can uh, follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at a-s-k-j-e-n-n-y-f-e-r and we will talk to you guys next time remember to like share subscribe and always listen on stitcher google play apple store and spotify You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.